Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Douglas Harrington, who's the Assistant Director of Undergraduate Admissions at SUNY Binghamton. Douglas, thank you so much for being here today. So glad to finally have Binghamton on the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for, for you know, the invitation and allowing me to, to be a guest today. I appreciate it. It's our honor and pleasure. So, Douglas, I'm going to start by asking you a simple question, a simple overview of the SUNY system as many, many of our listeners listen from outside the great state of New York. So let's start by asking you to just give us an overview of what is the SUNY system. Absolutely. So the SUNY system, it stands for the State University of New York. So it's a great system that we have here. It actually consists of 64 different colleges and universities across the state of New York. We have four different levels everywhere from your community colleges, your technical schools, your four-year granting uh, institutions, and also your doctoral granting institutions, which is what Binghamton is. We are considered um, one of the university centers here within the Binghamton, or within the SUNY system, I should say. Uh, so SUNY is a great overreaching system that you know encompasses a lot of different areas of New York, and it really allows students, not only from New York, but from all over the country, all over the world, to really experience a top-notch educational system here, just based here in New York. Well, that's great. And once again, SUNY stands for the State University of New York, 64 different colleges and universities granting two-year, four-year, and graduate degrees. So we appreciate the overview. Yeah. So getting specific now to Binghamton, what can you tell us, Douglas, about SUNY Binghamton that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Absolutely. Well, I could probably spend the full hour talking just about this question, but <laughs> I think here at Binghamton, coming from a person who has graduated from Binghamton, I did get both my bachelor's and master's degrees from right here at Binghamton. So I've been with the university for about 10 years when you include my time as a student. And I think 
there's a lot of different things that appeal to students, whether it be starting just from our location, right? So our location, we are super central to a lot of metro areas in the Northeast. You have New York City, that's three hours. You have Philadelphia, that's three hours. You have uh, Boston, Cleveland, Washington, Pittsburgh, they're about five hours. And you have smaller cities like Syracuse and Scranton and Ithaca, they're only about an hour away. So it really not only helps with things to do on the weekends, you want to take a weekend trip, you want to visit your family, whatever it might be. But when it does come time to find full-time jobs and internships, we get over 1,800 companies that come and recruit to Binghamton on an annual basis. So the value and the return on your investment certainly exists here because our students are certainly sought after in regards to, you know, finding those full-time jobs after they graduate, which is, you know, kind of the whole part of going to college, right? (laughs) Um, But we also really care about our student life here at Binghamton. Uh, You hear the word community thrown out a lot here. Uh, based on our student-run organizations, our residential style. So it was just a really inclusive, diverse campus that we have here that really attracts students, like I said, from all over the world um, to be successful here at Binghamton. Well, you mentioned the weekend and, of course, student life, and many students and their parents are interested in knowing, for example, things like, is it a commuter school? So, Douglas, what can you tell us about life on campus outside of the classroom during the week and, yes, during those weekends? Absolutely. So, of course, you know, we do have over 450 student-run groups and organizations. That's where I always love to start, ranging from performance to professional to volunteer to practically anything that you can think of. I was part of a student-run theater company. I was part of Hall Government. I was part of our Binghamton University Glee Club. Uh, But there are so many different organizations to be a part of. And even if it's something that you don't even think about, um, exploring right off the bat. There are certainly ways to go about joining them, or it's super easy to start your own organization, right? You go to our student association, who they themselves are student-run, they're elected officials, and they have a multi-million dollar budget that they handle, and you can become a chartered organization. So uh, we've had student-run groups started about everything. One of our more popular clubs that we always love to talk about is the Binghamton University Cheese Club, <laughs> um, where it was started just a few years ago, where they you know meet every once in a while and they eat and learn about different cheeses um, <laughs> and it's incredibly popular. So it really can be about anything. Uh, they host their own events like our spring fling, which is our end of year carnival. They bring in a guest concerts and comedians and everything like that. Uh, and we also, uh, you know, students are not just confined to campus, right? So you do have the greater Binghamton community available to you. So we are a smaller city. We're about forty to 45,000 people, but we have everything that a city has. We've got theaters and art galleries and museums. We have two professional sports teams. We have a bustling restaurant scene, and it's becoming more and more of a college town. There's lots of student apartment complexes, and it really caters to our students. So plenty to do off of our campus as well. We are actually known, fun fact, as the carousel capital of the world. Um, because on the local area, we do have six antique carousels that are all still standing and operational today. (laughs) There's a little bit of a bucket list thing for our students to do. Um, We are also Division I in our own right. Uh, We have 21 Division I sports, soon to potentially be 23. Uh, We are actually in the process of adding women's field hockey and men's ice hockey to our Division I teams. So we also have 38 club and intramural teams as well. So that athletic atmosphere and everything like that is still right here on our campus, as well as just supporting our teams and supporting the Binghamton University spirit with things like our Green Day Fridays, where every Friday we do, everyone tries to wear green. And you do have our mascot, Baxter, who goes out and walks around. If you're wearing green, he will sometimes give you a little gift, which is uh, a lot of fun. So it's a (laughs) lot of our school spirit here as well. 
Well, that's terrific. And with over 450 student groups, there's definitely something for everyone. And I love how you talked about the Binghamton spirit, as I know many students that are currently there, many students that have graduated, and they've all had nothing but great things to say about their experience at Binghamton. In fact, I recently read, Douglas, that Binghamton's retention rate is an astonishing 92%, which I believe the national average, by the way, is only 69%, but at Binghamton, it's 92%. Mm -hmm. So what's the secret in keeping your students happy and wanting to return each year? Absolutely. So I think uh, some of it is a lot of what I already mentioned. I think it, it all stems from the academic piece, right? You know, our our students are being challenged here. You know, it's not going to be a walk in the park, but it's certainly <laughs> not, you know, going to be so, so hard that you're going to be going crazy or anything like that. We like to challenge you and, you know, making sure that, you know, you're using full brain functionality and everything like that. So, but so that's part of it, right? So you have your academic piece, we're where we get students graduated on time in four years or less and are incredibly successful when they graduate. So that's that the return on the investment piece. But also when you do uh, go back to the student life piece and that community aspect. So our residential style is pretty unique where we don't have residential halls just kind of scattered around campus. We have these things called residential communities. It's about four to five different residential halls that cluster together to form a community. So each one has their own personality, traditions, dining hall, collegiate professor. So it's like its own little, it's like its own little small school where students get that small school experience with the opportunities of a larger R1 research institution. And I know that is a big drawing point. It was a huge influence when I went, came to Binghamton. Um, and it's just a really unique aspect. We're actually modeled after Oxford in regards to it. Um, so it's just a really unique thing that we have that I didn't really see it to any other institutions um, and still don't see too much. I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. And he's also a board certified dermatologist who received a perfect score on his SAT. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code College Talk, one word, just College Talk, and that'll give you 30% off all prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one on one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made using our coupon code, which is College Talk, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. So whether you're preparing for the SAT, ACT, or need a one-on-one -on -one tutor, Prep Expert has the tools and expertise to help you. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link 
in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. Well, that's terrific. Great academics, students showing tremendous success post-graduation. And I love how you talked about those small clusters in terms of building that sense of community, which of course is one of the reasons why you have that tremendous retention rate. So let's talk about the actual application. What is Binghamton's approach to the admissions process, particularly in terms of the criteria and factors considered when reviewing those applications? Yeah, absolutely. So we love to say that Binghamton does conduct a a holistic review here in regards to our application process. So everything that gets put on that application, we are certainly taking into consideration. So um, everything from the extracurricular activities, the volunteer efforts, the, of course, the transcript, the class rigor and the types of classes that you're taking, right? We do like to see that you're challenging yourself in high school. You don't necessarily need to fill your entire schedule with AP courses or anything like that. But we do like to see that you are challenging yourself and seeing um, that you do have some higher level uh, classes in there as well. Uh, We are test optional, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about. Uh, So that is a piece, a newer piece for us, you know, as of the pandemic. So but I have the experience both pre-pandemic, right? I, I started here in this office in 2017. So back when we did require the test scores and now how we've shifted to post-pandemic with test optional. So really everything that we're taking into consideration is on that is on that application. The letter of recommendation, uh, we, we do a very holistic review. So it's not just on your GPA or your test scores or anything like that. Well, we appreciate you explaining your holistic approach. Obviously, you look at the transcript, which is the academic portion of the application where you're looking close at the rigor, right? What did you choose? What's available for you in your high school students? They also look at your activities, which is very important as the activities you participate in while you're in high school. That's a good indication of the type of community member you're going to be at SUNY Binghamton. So that's why it's a very important part as are the letters of recommendations. And of course, as you mentioned, we'll talk about the test optional nature of Binghamton in just a minute. But I was curious first, Douglas, the overall number of applications Binghamton is receiving is on the rise thanks to many things such as the Common App and schools going test optional. With an increase in applications, how do you determine how many students to accept, waitlist, or even deny when you don't necessarily know how many of these applicants will actually attend if they're in fact accepted? So that is that is a great question. So uh, yes, we've definitely seen the rise of the test optional piece and we have seen the rise in applications this year. We did receive about 50,000 undergraduate applications and it is certainly becoming a little bit more tougher to project our yield and project how many students will end up attending because a lot of students are applying to more and more schools nowadays right? Um, Especially with different things like free applications. uh, SUNY did launch a free application week this past year. So we did see a large bump in that. Um, A lot of it is we have to go based off of our historical data. We have to, we also have projections that we run every day to see if we're on track to see where we need to be and everything. So in terms of the numbers, in terms of making sure that we make our class. It also comes off of the hard work of our staff here. Uh, you know, we have a team of recruiters, admissions counselors who are out traveling and meeting our students, making sure that, you know, we make those connections with the students, with the high school counselors, with their parents. And, um, you know, we put in a, a good amount of work in order to make our class. So 
you know, a lot of it is based on projections and numbers and watching our numbers very closely. But, you know, based on that holistic nature, we do have a lot of historical data um, that we utilize in regards to, you know, making those numbers and everything like that. Well, we appreciate you talking about how the yield has become more difficult to determine, especially since, as you mentioned, places like SUNY Binghamton, in fact, the entire SUNY system, you launched a free application, which is definitely an incentive for more students to apply. But on top of that, with the test optional nature of the applications, that too is providing you with more applicants. So, you know, more to come on all of that. I was also curious, Douglas, what is the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of GPA and any other data that you collect, of course, such as SAT or ACT scores? Mm -hmm. And if a student falls a little lower than that mid 50%, what are some of the things that they can do to enhance their overall application? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, in terms of our mid 50%, in terms of the GPA, our mid 50% is about a 93 to a 98 um, on a 100 point scale. Uh, for SAT is about a 1300 to a 1450, and for ACT is about a 29 to a 33 overall uh, cumulative score. So um, those are just 50%, right? Those are not hard cutoffs. Those are just kind of giving you a frame of mind in terms of what our students are coming in with. Of course, we do get students who fall above and below those numbers. So, you know, part of the advice that I give, and this is kind of alluding to the last question that, that we're going to have today, <laughs> but is just to making sure that you do put everything on your application, right? You want to fill that application out to the best of your ability, making try to make sure that um, even all of your extracurricular activities and everything like that are filled. I've come across great applications from intellectual students that have great GPAs, and then you get to the extracurricular section and it's almost entirely blank. Right. And so we like well-rounded students here at Binghamton. So uh, we understand that not everyone's maybe the best test taker or whatever it might be. So again, it kind of leans back into that holistic approach with our committee here, you know, talking through the applicants and talking through, you know, maybe this student falls a little bit below, but look, they took a lot of AP courses or, you know, they were involved in XYZ. So it all just kind of balances it out. Well, that's great insight, and I appreciate you again talking about your holistic approach and that last example that you just gave. Maybe somebody falls a little short, but you look at the transcript and you see that the student really challenged themselves and took additional AP courses, as you mentioned. So that's terrific. And another thing that a lot of people ask about is demonstrating their interest in a particular school. Mm -hmm. So, Douglas, what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending Binghamton? And do you track such things as part of your overall admissions process? Yeah, so a lot of students, you know, you will have a designated admissions counselor based on where you live. Um, for instance, I cover the states of uh, Maryland, Virginia, uh, Washington, D.C. I also cover a little international. Uh, so you will have a designated admissions counselor that you can always reach out to, whether it be via email, phone, even text messaging uh, as well. And they will... They will make its way back to that specific admissions counselor. I will say some of them do get a little bit more than others. We do have a <laughs> Long Island regional who I will say gets a decent amount of inquiry. Uh, so you can always reach out to our office to make sure that you are um, getting your questions answered. We want to make sure that you're getting your questions answered. So you can always reach out to our um, general email or phone, everything like that. You'll be funneled to one of our other staff members here in the office to make sure that you get your questions answered. I will say, um, you know, we do, you do have a file where uh, all of that gets logged. I will say we don't take demonstrated interest into consideration when uh, making decisions. 
Uh, that is uh, something that we just don't take into consideration. Um, but we do make sure that everything is tracked so we know to follow up with you and making sure that uh, you get your questions answered appropriately. Hey, podcast friends, are you or someone you know in need of some custom college gear? Prep Sportswear carries a wide variety of college fan gear and apparel, including T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So whether you're getting ready to go to the game, hanging out on campus, organizing a college bed decorating party, or you're simply looking to build upon your college gear, Prep Sportswear has you covered. Check out our Prep Sportswear affiliate partnership link in the show notes for all the details. As an affiliate partner with Prep Sportswear, the podcast does receive a small commission if you make a purchase. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel that would benefit our listeners. And now, back to the show. So, Douglas, as a follow-up to that, I appreciate that you talked about how you don't use demonstrated interest at Binghamton to make an admissions decision. However, I was curious, for example, if a student is on your wait list, is that an example where demonstrating their interest prior may help them? I always recommend students who are on the wait list um, to, to always reach out to us in regards to your interest, especially if Binghamton is your number one choice, because it is something that we can look at when the wait list spots open up. It, it will vary year to year whether we how far we go into our wait list, but we usually do go into our wait list even just a little bit. Um, we do always ha usually have some wait list um, opportunities. So especially if it's your number one school, I would definitely recommend reaching out to either your your specific admissions counselor or just our general office because again everything does get logged. So uh, wait list is certainly a good opportunity to make yourself known to us. Well, we appreciate that, Douglas. Thank you so much. So there's another example where an admissions rep is telling you, don't be bashful. Reach out, reach out, reach out. It's okay, students. Let your interest be known. So we talked about the test optional nature of Binghamton. Douglas, can you share the percentage of students that applied and who were ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores? Absolutely. So Binghamton has experienced, you know, this was year three now, two or three, three, I believe. Um, of the test optional piece and Binghamton has always hovered about 50-50 um, plus or minus maybe a few percentage points but it is typically about 50-50 from those who apply via test optional all the way down to those who enroll so it is uh, hovers around 50-50 uh, we do always try to make room for our test optional applicants because it does not hurt your application to not submit your test scores so we want to make sure that, that you are still being reviewed. You're still reviewed for all of our special programs and everything like that. So, But it is about a 50 percentage split, plus or minus a few percentage points, per the, depending on the year. Well, as you know, Binghamton is a very popular destination for particularly the Northeast of the United States. So we really appreciate that insight because a lot of people do feel that it's a myth. So 50-50 in terms of the percentage that apply test optional, and it's 50-50 in terms of who's accepted, whether they submitted test or not. So we really appreciate that insight. And when reviewing applications, Douglas, from various high schools, how do you take into account when one student school offers, for example, 20 advanced placement courses, while someone else's may only offer five? How do you differentiate in your application process? Absolutely. So one of the things that is a little bit of a trust thing with us is that you have to <laughs> believe that we understand the school that you are coming from. 
Uh, we work with your schools on a year-to-year basis, and we understand the caliber of students that, that come out of those schools. And one of the things that you may not know that we get when we review your application is your school report. So one of the things that comes right up in our application tool is that school report where it goes through, you know, a lot of different statistics and a lot of different explanations in regards to how big the class sizes are, uh, how many AP courses are being offered, how many IB courses are being offered and different things like that. So we understand while we have one student whose school may offer 20 and that student has taken 10 and we have another student where that school only offers five, but that student has taken five, we understand that that student has maximized their ability to take their challenging course load and take their rigorous courses and are still going to be prepared for for academics here at Binghamton. So it's all proportional. We understand not all schools will offer the same curriculum and, and we get that. We're not going to, that's something that's out of your control that we're not going to hold against you. Uh, it's not just a a one for one situation where you know you have student X who has taken ten versus student X or student Y who has taken five. It's the fact that student X take has taken ten out of twenty, but student Y has taken five out of five. So it's all based on your school, which again we are very familiar with a lot of your schools. And even if we're not, like you said, you have students listening to this podcast from all <laughs> over the country. We are certainly not familiar with every single school in the country, but getting that school report that your school sends really allows us to better understand your school and better understand the situation that you are in as a student. Well, that's great insight, and I love how you talked about the different nuances in that process, but also a message to students and their parents. If you're doing your research, your college admissions research, the school report, or many times it's simply called the school profile, you should be familiar with what your high school offers. Usually it's on their website, or of course you can reach out to their guidance office and they'll make it available to you. So can you explain, Douglas, what opportunities does Binghamton have for students that may have had an IEP while in high school in terms of helping them to continue to be successful once they're on your campus? Absolutely. So here at Binghamton, we always want to make sure that the transition from high school to college is as easy as possible and giving our students as many different resources to make sure that that happens easily. So here at Binghamton, if you have an IEP, your first step is to connect with our services for students with disabilities. They are there for all of your accommodation needs. You can connect with them. They have open hours and they are great at answering any questions that you may have. Even if you don't have an IEP, they are there. They are your first step if you have if you need any accommodations, whether it be you need extra time when taking tests, you need a note taker, anything like that, they are there to help out to the best of their ability. They uh, have a huge office with uh, lots of different student support as well, because, you know, being a public institution, we always are focused on access and delivering the highest quality of education to as many different students from as many different backgrounds as we possibly can. So we want to make sure that you are accommodated here to be your most successful self here at Binghamton, even if you do have an IEP. Well, we appreciate that. And the SSD office, which stands for Services for Students with Disabilities, which of course you have on campus, that's something that if you wish to link information regarding that program or anything else, please provide it to me, Douglas, and I'll make the link available to the students and parents in the show notes. Yeah. I always put, obviously, the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. In this case, it's SUNY Binghamton. But if there's anything else you want to provide, again, just send it to me and we'll make it available in the show notes. So, Douglas, this has been a phenomenal conversation, but I have to ask, is there a question or a topic that didn't come up that you wish to share with us now? Yeah, absolutely. I know 
that the college search process is a very stressful time. Uh, I understand it, you know, coming from a professional standpoint, but coming from that personal standpoint too, it was something that I went through. I remember applying to about 12 different schools and making that decision and and waiting for those acceptances. (laughs) You have to have faith in yourself uh, in regards to this, that you did what you needed to do. You, You followed the proper steps. You sought help when you needed to seek help and have faith in yourself that even regardless of what decision might come out, that there's always still the opportunity to maybe attend a school in the future, even if it's not right off the bat. Right. We do here at Binghamton have about one in four or one in three of our students are transfer students here. So even if it doesn't work out for you right off the bat, there are other pathway programs um, that we offer here at Binghamton to to make sure that, again, it leans back to making that transition from high school or even a community college to Binghamton as easy as possible here at Binghamton. Fantastic. And I appreciate you talking about how. Frankly, there's many schools for every single student out there going through the college search, but not every school is for you. So in case you do get that rejection letter, look at the positive, look at where you were accepted. And by the way, should you go to a school and after a year you feel that you're not happy, right? I know that you have that high retention rate, but that's not true everywhere. But let's say you end up in a school where maybe you're not happy. You always have the option to transfer. So there's always options, students. So just you know, believe in yourself, believe in the process and you'll surely end up in the right place. So Douglas, unfortunately, this does lead us to the last question, which is what are your top three pieces of advice you would provide a student and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process? Absolutely. So I'm going to lean back on some of the points that I've already made uh, throughout the conversation that we've had today. But one I always say is to ask your questions, regardless of how silly you might think it is. That's what we are here for. We are making sure that you have all of your questions answered. So whether it be via email, via phone, via text, please make sure that you're asking your questions. I remember coming into college, I don't think I asked a single question to my admissions counselor, but come (laughs) the time to transition to Binghamton and getting my Binghamton University email address, I was very silly where I didn't check that for a couple of weeks, come to find that I had missed several important emails about signing up for orientation and signing up for housing and everything like that. And had I had reached out knowing that, hey, I feel like I'm missing something, I would have been able to find that a little bit sooner. Uh, so make sure that you're asking your questions, reaching out. We'd love to help you and we'd love to help answer your questions. Number two is, uh, I kind of mentioned this as well, is to make sure that you're putting as much on the application as you possibly can. That is the way that we are going to get to know you outside, of course, meeting you in person at maybe a high school visit or a college fair. Not everyone has the opportunity of meeting us face to face. So we want to make sure that we get to know you. And that's the way that we get to know you. So, of course, outside of the essay that you have to do, but, you know, making sure that their extracurricular activities is filled up as much as possible, even if you think it's a stretch. Maybe it's something that you're doing at home or anything like that. Put it in there because that's the way that we get to know you. And that's how we get to understand your application a little bit more and, you know, get to explain some things that we may not see face value. So fill out the application as much as possible. Don't leave anything blank because that's really going to be the way that, that we get to know you. And the last thing I just mentioned it is just remain calm and have faith in yourself. You know, you didn't do anything wrong. You've taken the proper steps. You've tr- Try to the best of your ability and are still going to be very successful wherever you end up attending. And so just have faith in yourself. It is 
going to work out for you in the end and just trust your abilities and it'll work out. Well, those are terrific pieces of advice. I want to repeat one thing that you mentioned, which is the email. Many reps talked about the importance, students, of creating a separate email for your college search. Oftentimes, you have an old email address. There's a lot of things that go into spam. So throughout the college process, you don't want that to happen to you. So it's very important or a good piece of advice to just create a separate email for the college search. Go ahead, Douglas. You wanted to say something? I was going to say as well, it is, that is a good point because it also, a lot of, I see a lot of students use their school email address that they get via their high school. That's correct. And a lot of what we send to you does not get through their firewalls. So we get a lot of bounce back for students who use school specific email addresses. So that is a good point as well to not only create uh, a, a college specific email address, but also for that fact as well is that very important emails that we send will not always get to you if you're using that school email because it does bounce back to us. Well, those are great points, Douglas. Thank you so much. And again, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I know how many students apply to Binghamton, so I'm really happy because I know that this conversation is going to help so many students and their parents as they navigate through the college admissions process. I do hope to have you again, Douglas. You were awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here. And if anyone has any questions about Binghamton, please feel free to reach out. We'd be more than happy to answer anything. Thanks again, Douglas. Take care, everyone, and good luck. Good luck with your searches all. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to announce that we've teamed up with some fantastic affiliate partners to further enhance your overall college journey. So do you or someone you know need stylish dorm decor, trendy college apparel, or top-notch test prep? Whether it's creating a cozy home away from home, flaunting the latest in college apparel, or securing top-notch test prep help, we've got you covered. Check out our affiliate links in the show notes within each of these categories, which we believe will help you, our listeners. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast does get a small commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit you, our listeners. So check out the links in the show notes and share with anyone you think may benefit. Thank you all and best wishes.